You're listening to Education Experts with EDX Education. Education is evolving. Join Heather Welch from EDX Education chatting with teachers, psychologists, parents, authors, creatives and other talented experts to keep up with the trends and what's happening from around the globe. This podcast series from EDX Education discusses home learning, school readiness, being creatives, changing in education, discussing what's next, hands-on learning, or as we like to say, learning through play. Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education, and today we'll be in conversation with John Adams. John is founder of Dadblog UK, a communication specialist, and most importantly, a father. John originally gave up his career in communications to look after his children, However, over the years, he's managed to build a successful business back in his career as a parenting blogger, winning many awards for his blog and podcast. Today, we're chatting with John on working from home, parenting and family life from balancing home learning to the last 12 months and how it's affected your family. Welcome, John. It's wonderful you could join us today. Can I ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them about your passion for changing the stereotype of men and women's roles? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm always keen to talk about uh, you know, uh, men's and women's roles. So yes, well, you've done a, a wonderful introduction uh, anyway. So I became the main carer for my kids about 10 years ago now. Uh, I've got the two daughters. I've got Helen, who's 11, and Izzy who is eight, and as I say, if we, if we go way back into the midst of time, Helen was at nursery full-time. My wife and I sort of noticed that we missed a couple of the sort of pivotal milestone moments. Um, so when she was about 18 months old, I had a conversation with my wife and suggested that actually I leave my job and concentrate on family and home while my wife would work full-time. And it was a very unemotional, brutally practical decision you know she had the better career prospects and more so it just seemed to make sense so we did that and haven't looked back up until that point I think I'd sort of lived quite a you know privileged life you know I can't pretend otherwise I you know quite a privileged background that I come from and I found very quickly that I was facing all sorts of subtle sexism because I was the world it is not set up to accept men looking after children especially young children And so I started blogging about my experiences at uh, dadbloguk.com. And to my amazement, people were quite keen to read about what it's like being a man holding the babies, basically. To this day, I'm still the kid's main carer, but I sort of fit what I do around family life. Very keen to challenge gender stereotypes and roles. I will not tolerate anyone saying that caring or caring for children is women's work. Uh, It isn't, and it's not a woman's role. Fathers should be heavily involved with their children's lives. Uh, and likewise, you know, I just don't believe we're ever going to get gender equality in the workplace for women until we have gender equality in the home for men. That's very interesting, actually. It's very true as well, and it's very practical. But, I mean, you've been working from home flexibly, really, and been main carer since, what, 2011, was it? Uh, it? It was about 2011, and, yeah, my status has changed. Um, you know, and I initially actually started working part-time, uh, and then after a while I did actually stop working altogether for a bit. But by that point, my blog was sort of bringing in a few quid, and, you know, I sort of thought, oh, well, you know, let's see if I can actually make money doing this. And then from there on, the, the sort of blog grew, and it, it yeah, I've sort of slipped into becoming a work from home dad. 
But the very interesting thing is, if you're male, or my, certainly my experience, when I gave up full-time work, other people started calling me a stay-at-home dad. I never called myself a stay-at-home dad, but I got called it so often that the label just sort of stuck, and I had to start calling myself a stay-at-home dad. Um, as I say, I have had a brief spell where I was a sort of genuine stay-at-home dad, but very rarely have I been totally economically inactive. And I think you can say that about any stay-at-home parent, actually. Very, very few earn absolutely no money at all. That's very true, especially in this day and age when we can, you know, work from home or we can find flexible working. It's not the nine to five. You know, we say Bundy clock in Australia, which is like that clock in, clock out mentality anymore. It's more on productivity than being at that desk and sitting there. And even if you're doing nothing, just sitting there and being seen. Um, one thing that'd be interesting to know is how has the stereotypes changed over the last 10 years? Because, I mean, you've really, you've been in the hot seat for 10 years, 10 years ago, it probably was a little bit more unheard of in the UK, especially because it is quite a traditional society at times, traditional values. The UK is an interesting situation, actually. We are, I feel, more advanced than, say, some of our European neighbours, France, Spain, uh, Italy. Uh, I think those sorts of nations, when it comes to caring roles within the home and sort of gender equality generally, I think they are, you know, we're ahead of them. But then, you know, sort of look at the usual suspects uh, in Northern Europe, you know, Iceland, uh, Denmark, Sweden, all those nations, their streets ahead of the UK. So the UK sort of sits in the middle. The way I always put it is when I became a father, the question that was asked of men was, is he going to be a hands-on dad? I think today we have moved on to a point whereby the question asked of fathers is how hands-on is he? So I think we, we have seen progress and there's more to do, but we've definitely taken strides in the right direction. No, I see. I suppose one of the, um, I know this sounds really silly, but one of the main things you find is when you have a baby and they're quite young and just say you're out to lunch or anything like that, 10 years ago, you wouldn't even have a baby change area where the men could go, it would always just be in the women's change room. But now they've sort of moved on to this family change room or even in both. So I suppose, I know that seems like a very trivial thing, but at the time, it's quite an important change. You know, it's, it's, it's only very small. But listen, I loved what you mentioned on your post the other day, you're on an International Women's Day panel discussion. And uh, you were asked about this and you said your position is, if you want to change men's behaviour, you have to include them in the discussions. So I would hate for International Men's Day to be female free zone. We can only change the world for the better if we work together. I really enjoyed that. I think that's an amazing, that's a very good quote actually, and a very good understanding for men to realise and for women as well, to realise that actually we all need to encompass each other, which is a nice thought as well. I wrote that actually, because I had seen someone, I would say, write a rather unthinking comment on social media they were basically saying that men should always give up a role in the panel discussion on international women's day if a woman was available i can't agree with that approach we have to work together and actually there are issues that women face that are very often written off or, or, or classed as women's issues which aren't and they will never change and childcare is a classic one 
these issues will never change unless men are included in the discussion and men realise that they've got a role to play in changing these issues. And if you freeze men out, they're never going to get involved. They're never going to show any interest. So no, but it sounds like a very narrow-minded, like the in-business, that old silos approach. So, you know, that no one works together and you just pass the piece of paper from one silo to the other. And it doesn't work in this day and age. It's got to be more of an open communication approach. So, yeah, that does definitely sounds like more of a, a narrow-minded approach. But listen, John, the other one is I'd love to hear what you did before your previous career, before founding Dad Blog UK, because I know that you were in communication, you're in the media a lot, you've worked with LinkedIn and a whole lot of other these big social networks. So I'd love to hear what you did before founding your Dad Blog UK. Well, if we go right back to the mess of time, I was a, a local news reporter. I then, realising I was never sort of going to make it quite as a big journalist like PJ O'Rourke or John Simpson, I, I made the move over for a guy in his mid-twenties, actually. I landed on my feet. I landed a job with a travel trade publication. So it, it was kind of business journalism, but it was also travel journalism. So I was travelling the world at you know, someone else's expense, which was... Dream job. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, interestingly, though, I, I was actually working there when 9-11 uh, took place. So I, I was dispatched to New York um, a few weeks after 9-11 had happened, sort of right about the clear-up operation. And New York is a city that I love. Uh, it was horrible to see what happened you know, in post-9-11. But anyway, getting back to the question... Uh, yeah, I then moved over to sort of work in uh, charity PR and quasi-government PR and communications and ended up eventually working in communications rather than public relations for an, a, a no longer existent financial regulator before I gave that up to sort of concentrate on, on family and home. So my, my background is... Uh, yeah, media whore, really, I guess most would say. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried all areas, a man of many talents. Um, look, what was the inspiration? When you're finding that blog, was it because you came home? Was it the interesting opinions people had at, you know, you could say stay at home, dad, or you could, why, what was the inspiration? I have had a few different experiences. I mean, I'm. there was a, a, a local woman set up a childcare facility to look after children and the local newspaper ran a huge, I mean, there's a ginormous article on what this woman was doing. I, I couldn't quite figure out why they've dedicated so much space to it. That's a journalist in me coming out. <laughs> Short of content. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And she didn't once mention fathers. I actually bumped into this woman she was talking about the service she was providing. And I sort of cut into the conversation and said, and your service is for that. And she was really quite dismissive of um, Which is just one example of the kind of sexism I faced. I mean, there was another time when I was out with my, actually it was my youngest daughter, and I was bottle feeding her in a cafe. It's just one of those moments where I sort of look back on it now and I think, why did I not tell this woman to F off, frankly? Uh, and an older woman lifted my child out of my arms, I was bottle feeding her, and started parading her around this cafe saying, look, this man is babysitting, this man is babysitting. Her adult daughter was actually with her, and her adult daughter just looked horrified 
and said, no, mum, he's just looking after his kid. Uh, and then, you know, another time, well, a couple of times, actually, I've had a few experiences in the healthcare sector where, you know, I've been told I'm babysitting and on one memorable occasion, I took one of the kids for inoculations and the nurse actually started physically looking around the room for my wife. And it's just like, well, you know, I, I can bring my kid to a routine inoculation appointment without my wife and she doesn't need to be here men do get treated differently i'm afraid and all of these little things stacked up and i thought right so i'm not taking this anymore so i started blogging about it i set myself a challenge actually when i started the blog i said i just want this blog to achieve something in three months if it hasn't i'm going to stop and within three months i was actually at a charity reception at 10 downing street you know i'm clearly <laughs> doing something right <laughs> You're thinking, someone's reading this this is getting this is getting somewhere but you've also been yeah. on many discussions online um i had a look on bbc and all sorts of things chatting about maybe stereotypes and everything so can you elaborate on those there's a guy called glenn pool he's quite a well-known men's rights campaigner who i mean he's british but he's, he's actually now based out in Australia. But I was chatting to him once and saying, I, I just didn't think I was doing anything particularly special. I was just looking after my kids. And I know this is going to sound dreadfully big-headed, but he said, no, what you're doing is you are really, really challenging gender stereotypes. And he said to me, just think about how many politicians and journalists that you've actually spoken to. And when I kind of thought about it, I thought, he's, he's actually right. There is huge interest in guys who take on the main caring role because there are uh, so few of us and I, I didn't really appreciate this and I still don't appreciate it really I, I really don't get what all the fuss is about all you're doing is looking after your own children but if people are going to show an interest in what I'm doing I will speak publicly because I just want it normalized and you mentioned the International Women's Day panel discussion I was involved with yesterday yeah uh, one of the individuals that took part in that said she overheard someone at her husband's workplace he was saying that he couldn't do a particular meeting because he had to go to nursery pick up his kids and she said it really grated with her because the person on the other end of the call was saying oh well done you know that's really good of you <laughs> great for you you're going to pick your kid up and said, well I'm sorry you don't deserve a medal for this and I think that's actually quite an interesting point to make is that when men do go out of their way to fulfill the caring role we very often are applauded for doing so and that always makes me feel awkward but at the same time it isn't normalized either we have to normalize this and so yeah I'm you know I, I have partaken in academic studies I, I, I have spoken to journalists I've written pieces with books and so on it's not something I necessarily get out of my way to to attract that attention but these things just sort of tend to come to me because people are so interested in a man who is the main carer for his kids and who is prepared to speak publicly about it. To a degree you've then also on the other hand been able to build a business and become quite successful within the time frame that you have which is different as well so you yes you took on the home caring and the, as the main we call it the primary or the main carer but then you also mm -hmm. sorry parent I shouldn't say carer go caregiver parents and then you've been able to build this business which is in your place to your skill set of being a communication specialist a journalist 
as well. It's interesting, when I had my firstborn, we were still living in Australia at the time, and one of the big banks there, Westpac, implemented, and it was sort of groundbreaking, they implemented that men were allowed to take six months parental leave after the woman's maternity leave was up, and they would support it, and they would actually pay the first three months full pay. So this was a really groundbreaking at the time, 10 years ago, and one of our friends took it, and he had a lot of backlash actually. So it's available, but he had a lot of backlash from his peers for taking it and then found it hard to get back into, to a degree, the same role and being pushed up the ladder the same way. So it was a really interesting for him to, he took it for the first child, but not for his second child. He realized that he probably learned his lesson and maybe he shouldn't take it at the time, which was actually quite sad because he did have such a wonderful time. You know, imagine having that. He had a year at home for the wife and then the husband managed to get six months half pay, which is, I mean, amazing. But listen, on another topic, John, I want to know, how have you survived the last 12 months? Children have probably gone back, what, one and a half terms, probably two terms if we're lucky in the last 12 months. How are you going with home learning? For us, it's actually been a particularly interesting one because our eldest daughter, uh, Helen, actually started secondary school. So the poor kid has left primary education and got into uh, secondary school or year seven you know the the usual school transition period where parents would be invited in to actually you know see the school meet the pta where the kids would actually have transition days uh and what they did or would usually do at her school is it actually pair the year sevens up with a year 12 or year 13 sort of the sixth formers of course that breaks the bubble system so they've had absolutely none of that and i actually did the maths give or take a few days for illness and that type of thing. Uh, I think I've worked out that my eldest daughter has, since last March, she's had about, I think it's 94 face-to-face teaching days and my youngest daughter has had 77. Um, so it's really interesting. If you actually sit down and do the maths, it's, uh, our kids have not been at school much at all. How have I found the home learning? Well, last year, they were both at the same school at that point. And while the school had made preparations, they could see what was coming. It was more a case of homeschooling. You know, I was, you know, having to sit down with the kids and get a lot more involved. And I was, you know, to fill in time, I was printing off twinkle activity sheets. To do. <laughs> um, this time around, since last December, actually both schools had a much better remote learning in place. So certainly my eldest daughter, pretty much every other lesson was actually a live streamed lesson. There was much greater prepared work or videos for her to, to engage with and that type of thing. So actually this last lockdown, I've been in a lot, lot more organized, you know, up, washed, dressed by sort of half six each morning, making sure that I'm ready to go. To... So I think the biggest thing I've been actually has been uh, IT support. Um, <laughs> I've not actually had to get particularly involved with their actual learning. In fact, both schools said you set them up at the beginning of the day and then you step back as in they've been very clear that we're the teachers, we want to do the, the educating. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. It sounds, um, it sounds but, lockdown number three is that your schools were empowering the children to take a focus of their learning rather than the parents, which is very good, actually. Yes, yes, it is. My actual concern is about their social development. Yeah. I can see, you know, certainly Helen, she's 11, her stage of child development, she's supposed to be out with her friends, 
taking risks, which you know may involve getting in trouble from time to time, but you know, I'm afraid it's just part of growing up. Uh, and she's had none of that. Yes, the kids have been able to keep in touch with their friends using various online means, but it just isn't the same. When it comes to education, uh, actually, no, I'm not concerned. And the reason I'm not concerned is because I've actually got faith in the teachers. I've got faith that plans will be put in place to help youngsters catch up. And I appreciate I'm saying from a position of privilege, but if our kids need the extra support, my wife and I will get it for them one way or another. And I don't want my kids worrying about falling behind at school. I've seen news headline after news headline about <laughs> kids falling behind at school. But also there've been some really insensitive news headlines about kids' future earning potential being hammered. I just think, seriously. To me, that's really interesting because then if you look at the McKinsey studies and everything, they say that, you know, 70% of the jobs that we have now or that our children will have aren't even available yet. So are we teaching them to that knowledge and that creativity or are we teaching them to a maybe a more traditional set of curriculum than what will be what they'll need in the future so we never know this lockdown may bring out these some really creative and important skills that children needed you know that spending time at home and away from that rigorous classroom they may come up with some amazing talents or it may be the opposite each child will be different depending on their circumstances and environment as you're saying you know your children had a really good environment around them where one of you could be with them to help them with their learning which is very good I have to ask what do you think your parenting highlight has been with your children over the last 12 months do you know it would it would actually have been last summer when oh can we can we just think back to the glorious days of the rule of six I mean it's, it's bizarre <laughs> that so you look back on, on the days when you could actually travel and meet up with six people under the the rules uh, you know we did everything within the rules but we did actually we traveled from the south coast of england we went to wales we went to scotland we had a glorious couple of days actually in oban in scotland so we went all over the, the place and got so many wonderful memories i think ultimately that you know the, the months leading up to that you know when nobody was quite clear what was going to happen with COVID, you know, whether it was going to be like some sort of zombie horror film, you know, we were all walking down the pavement and, you know, crossing into the road to keep out of people's way in case they gave you the dreaded COVID. Then, you know, sort of the rules were relaxed and we were able to do these things. At the time, before the, you know, the Kent variant popped up, was seemingly little risk. Uh, and it was, it was a glorious time. Um, and it's very interesting that the messages are now beginning to sort of seep out from government. You know, the, the politicians may not be saying it, but the government advisors are that, you know, COVID's here to stay. We can expect peaks every winter. You know, I think we've all got to get used to the fact that those lateral flow testing kits are probably, they're probably going to be as part of the family medicine cabinet as a tube of Savlon is, I think. Yeah, it's sad, sad, but it will be. But it's interesting, you know, edX education's like main office is taiwan and you've had just you know under a hundred less than a hundred cases you had nothing there's really been hardly any cases cases there at all so it's just a really different way that the whole system how it has worked as well 
uh, um, with the country and how that we've dealt with it, and you know, has it been a pan? It's come, you know, it's coming to be a pandemic, I suppose, in this country. So it's really interesting when I talk to head office and things like that, and they 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 sort of think the whole thing of rule of six is quite funny, or they you know, are you still working from home type thing? They 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 have a good chuckle over it to be honest, because it's so far away from us. Probably where we were, I don't know, February twenty. 20 when we thought this wasn't going to affect us type thing so it's been really interesting for our children but last one I'm going to ask you about a parenting tip what's your parenting tip to share duties from a male's perspective yeah well there, there are a few different ways I mean if I'm trying to get the children to do something generally tend to find that carrot works better than stick <laughs> uh, so it's usually you know the sort of pocket money things, there'll be a baseline of pocket money. But if you do, you know, X, Y, and Z, then you can boost your pocket money. That tends to work better with our eldest child. If I need to sort of share responsibility with my wife or something, it is a case of communication. But I also think it is a case of understanding as well, to understand that there are days when she might not be able to drop everything and collect the kids from school because I'm busy or... So it's a case of just establishing what are realistic between the two of you in a relationship. But also, actually, establishing those ground rules at the very beginning of your relationship. I think. Absolutely. I think I'm definitely establishing the ground rules. I think many people are finding that after lockdown and having everyone in the home, you know, in that really intense environment, they may be establishing different rules. <laughs> Let's see. But listen, John, how can our listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, well, you can find uh, my uh, blog at dadbloguk.com. Um, and then I've got the podcast as well. It's a relatively new venture, Dad Pod UK. Um, you'll find that on all the usual uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Libsyn, and so on. I'm on most social media channels as at dadblogUK. So, yeah, come, uh, come find me, engage with me. I'm always uh, keen to engage with interesting people. John, thank you so much for chatting with us today. And as John said, get in touch. He's got so much knowledge within the industry. He's also a communication specialist. So maybe you could work with him, whether it's a brand or influencer, and especially on a panel or want to have a chat about stereotypes for men's and women's roles, or even how he survived the first few years of finding his feet, the balance of working and developing a successful business while being a stay-at-home dad. Thanks, John. No, thank you. Thanks for having There are so many exciting developments happening right now in education. EDX Education would love to hear from you, so do get in touch or subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and so many more. This podcast series is brought to you by Heather Welch from EDX Education, as she'd like to say, let's create lifelong learners.